Hello, and welcome to episode 156 of Relics of Ore. I am your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening is the one, the only, Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Hello, I am doing well. Excellent. Uh, I am also doing fairly well. Uh, this week, in the Guild Wars 2 sphere, uh, we pretty much only have one major piece of news to talk about, which is the uh, Tempest, the elite specialization for the element uh elementalist the elements something like that um so i guess without further ado let's just jump into that because it's getting late because we were dithering too much in the pre-show so spirit do you have any initial thoughts on the tempest and how much do you play elementalist i don't quite remember um i recently have picked up a campfire build in which you campfire in staff and build campfires under the feet of your enemies to fire camp them to death um and that's about the extent of it i've enjoyed the staff build but i really ellie just the the style appeals to me but none of the weapons particularly do so i haven't really spent a whole lot of time overall with the ellie yeah, I would say that I'm in a similar place. Um, I started... I also actually basically only have a campfire build. I used to do Scepter Dagger some, but mainly I didn't play my Ellie in earnest until I got Bifrost, which was quite a while ago, and then I gave that... or Well, I gave another skin of that to her, and basically mostly just am a casual campfire player, so... Um, I guess this is probably the wrong podcast crew to talk about the Elementalists because both of us are filthy casual Elementalist <laughs> players. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, take that as you will, I guess, for this. Um, so I guess of one of the things of note is that this is... I think... Is this only the second specialization that we have... or lead specialization that we have that uses an offhand? The first being the Chronomancer... Yes. Because Reaper and Dragon Hunter both use two-handed. Yep, and we've only got four. Yeah. I, I had to laugh about that because people were asking, like, oh, what's your ranking of specializations? We've got four out of nine. We're halfway. And I was like, eh, it's a little early. <laughs> yeah. It feels like there's more. I think it's probably because we know that um, Druid, you know, is the is the ranger elite specialization. And they dropped that name on us, like, ages ago. Yeah, so it feels like we know does oh no i know it's just like when i'm thinking about how much we know i always sort of mentally count it even though obviously we don't actually know anything about it um but yeah i think you know offhand is kind of disappointing i think for some professions but for elementalist that still means that you're getting uh eight skills right so mm -hmm because of your attunements so that's actually not a bad number of skills i think the more interesting consequence is that elementalists have an extremely limited weapon selection i believe they have the second fewest weapon choices only after uh engineer although maybe thief right. is yeah thief is close on no, them thief, too no thief has a lot more than you would think yeah well thief has yeah more combinations i guess because of you know back and being able to uh, uh, wield a bunch of them in two hands yeah, dagger, sword, both dagger hand, pistol, pistol, both hand, sword, yeah. short bow. Yeah, I guess it's not that many. Yeah, because there's uh, yeah, dagger on and off hand, scepter on main hand, um, staff and focus off hand. So yeah, yeah, and then depending on which combination you have and which hand they're in, the middle skills are different. So it's a completely different playstyle. Yeah, depending on what is where. Yeah. So anyway, um. Yeah, so for them to get an offhand, but because of the attunements, like they get more skills than actually any other profession that's going to get from their weapon by having an offhand on it, so that's mm. fine. I think it's funny how everybody was so sure about it being the sword because of the data mining, which, I don't know, I just think that's... I think it's funny that, obviously, you know, things change, and... Mm -hmm. But, uh... Yeah, I do. I I don't know. I do have to say I was a little bit disappointed about that. I was kind of hoping for the the spell sword kind of thing where it, um the 
dagger doesn't I think it fills the same role as a lot of kind of like traditional cleave melee weapons in the game but it doesn't necessarily um I like to hit things okay that's what I want <laughs> like I just like to hit things in melee and have like a decent amount of force behind the attack and the the dagger doesn't scratch that itch for me yeah, the dagger is more like a slightly longer than melee range spell weapon, if that yeah. makes sense, as opposed to, you know, like Necromancer dagger, at least the auto attack is just a flat out melee attack. And mm-hmm. same with the same with the thief and all that stuff. Um, but I think also I think a lot of people are a little bit wary because Warhorn is kind of a lackluster weapon on every profession that has it. Like, it's useful in a utility sense, but a lot of professions, it's basically just a swiftness skill and a, you know, some other generic self-buff skill. Yeah, utility, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think they've done a lot of actually really cool tech on this one. I was noticing, I was when I was watching the stream on Points of Interest, and I didn't quite catch all of it, but I watched a fair amount of it. There's a lot of new tech involved in this profession which i'm hoping we'll see elsewhere um Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean by that i mean a lot of new types of area effects a lot of new like mobile moving fields you know uh growing fields yeah growing fields orbs that go out and fire individual projectiles at everything near them um yeah all, all sorts of really interesting stuff so I it kind of gets me excited, not necessarily so much for the Tempest, but just in general for Heart of Thorns because yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to, I don't know quite know how to phrase this, but I think the Ellie or like the Tempest, um, is bringing in some really cool, very unique to Guild Wars to support opportunities, and I really hope that. Uh, at least another class gets them because it seems kind of unfair to only have the LA in this very like mobile role, and it it is um, fitting for the Ellie, but the the sort of um, things that it's doing with the moving fields and the growing fields and stuff, I hope um, are extended to other classes because it's a really I think unique to Guild Wars Two playstyle. I haven't seen this in any any other MMO, and I hope they they capitalize on it. Did you play Wildstar much? Uh, I didn't, but I sort of gather that they had at least, if not the exact same type of thing, they had a lot more interesting pattern-based ground effects and things like that. Uh, I only played it very briefly because my computer didn't run it very well. Mm, yeah, I, I've never played it. I just, I sort of felt like I remembered hearing that. But yeah, for the most part, most MMOs don't really try for that type of thing, I guess. So yeah, yeah I I share I share that hope. Um and I mean, like we said, we only know four out of the nine elite specializations, so actually mm-hmm. there's quite a bit of room for these other professions to have at least some of these effects. Um, I mean, I could see things... Yeah, I don't know. I just had a, like a moving, crazy smoke field on Thief. It just... Well, just... I'm, I'm waiting eagerly for that. And the day we get the teaser um, for the Thief specialization, I... I'm gonna need some moral support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh yeah. I mean maybe for the thief we'll just have to have Spirit and Evie just talk the whole episode because I don't have anything constructive or interesting <laughs> to say about thieves and you guys have more than enough. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't have too much else to say about Warhorn other than that I thought it was kinda cool that, you know, they've clearly made some new tech up and I hope that it's more widely dispersed than just elementalist warhorn which i'm sure it will be um Mm. i mean the reaper i believe has a growing point blank field as well don't they or not field but uh like damage maybe that sounds like a thing on the great sword but i don't remember yeah i think i'm i'm pretty sure there was i could be wrong though um interesting to me anyway that the utility skill type the elementalists that the tempest are getting are shouts which is the reason it's interesting to me is that um necromancers are also getting shouts so i sort of 
would have expected, I guess, that the types that were being added to the elite specializations would have been mutually exclusive to the other elite specialization types. So obviously other classes already have shouts, but I kind of would have expected only one of the new elite specializations to get shouts, only one of them to get Mm. traps, only one of them to get, you know, whatever. Um, But clearly that's not the case. So I think that's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I have too much more to say about that. I just think that's kind of an interesting factoid. I guess maybe because of the strong speculation that sword was going to be the weapon i guess maybe i would have expected them to have gotten stances for example to have like a sort of duelist you mm-hmm. know stancy style or something so maybe it was just partly because of the red herring from that do you have any do you think i don't know do you do you care about that like do you think that's interesting or do you have any feelings one way or another on that or just sort of you know they look cool so that's cool um i think as long as they're useful it's fine i did kind of um, I'm feeling a little bit of weird about shouts in general because generally I I like them. I run a shout build on my guardian, um, and I like them on ranger and on warrior. They're very fitting. And now all of a sudden, um, how did I figure this out? We've got um necro and Ellie, warrior, guardian, and ranger. Right with yeah all the shouts. Um, so now we've got suddenly more than half of the professions have them, and it's kind it's become much less of a unique thing. And I also feel that this is just my personal opinion that I, I a little bugbear that I don't like um, I feel like they've kind of been shoehorned into Ellie in this way because they're like oh yeah sound theme um, and we need them to have some no it's not where I want to go with that right just yet uh, um, we want we want to carry on with the sound theme and so we're going to do shouts but the shouts aren't necessarily um as fitting and again this is just a little bugbear i have like on a guardian retreat stand your ground hold the line all very sensible things you would you know say on the field of battle depending on um what you're trying to accomplish uh wash the pain away eye of the storm flash freeze are like bad villain (laughs) tagline and it's yeah they don't feel right to me thematically they feel uh to me now that now that you've said that i hadn't really thought about it too much now that you say that it kind of reminds me not so much of villains but like comic books or saturday morning cartoons where yeah or like anime where they have like their signature attack and then they you know shout it out every time um yeah exactly that's what yeah hunter and i were talking about how it's it's very much like an anime unless like because i i don't have a problem with the like the mesmer mantra call out yeah um which you could think are in the same vein because Hunter was saying, well, you know, sometimes mages call or like, you know, speak the spell that they're going to cast. And I said, yeah, but it sounds cooler than Eye of the Storm. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. also looking at the Reaper shouts and I feel like they're uh, somewhat melodramatic as it were, but they're also thematically fitting with Necromancer slash Reaper. Uh, Your mm-hmm. soul is mine. You are weaklings. Suffer. Nothing can save you. Chilled to the bonus a little bit megalomaniac and yeah. character but <laughs> but all the rest of those you know if you're if you're a crazy berserking nightmare you know yelling just like suffer or like nothing can save you those 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 fit in the same vein but on the offensive end i would say as the guardian like shouting at your enemies as opposed to shouting commands if that makes sense yeah no like i as long i i feel like they're fine as long as i can see them being used in the field of battle Right. Uh, but if I'm venturing into that anime um, stuff, I mean, I it almost feels like it should have been so mantras. Yeah, actually, I think that could have been really cool. Now that you say that, yeah. Um, oh man. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I was just thinking about the shout typing with regard to runes, for example. Um, what I don't like about the shouts both on reaper and on tempest are that they have cast times um to me having no cast time was a defining feature of a shout uh i feel that skill types in this game in general have very like fundamentally identical guidelines so wells are fields that pulse every second in a 
static-sized AoE, and now are... It used to be that they were targeted at your feet, but now they're range-targeted for all classes mm-hmm. that have wells. Um, shouts were instant instant light cast. You could use them when you were knocked down, I believe, right? You could use... Or could you only yep. use stun breaks when you were knocked down? Uh, I want to say you can use shouts when you're knocked down, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I've gotten out of the habit of actually paying attention. I'm feeling like a filthy casual now. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, they were instant cast. They, yeah, I mean, they just, period. Like, you couldn't interrupt them. You couldn't prevent them. Like, you just, they just happened instantly. And all of them were like that. Um, you know, all traps are fairly similar to marks in the sense that you lay them on the ground, but they don't activate until something walks into them. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, mantras, there's only one class with mantras. But you get my point. Like, each each skill type designation all behave the same way across all professions and Mm. the shouts on both of these elite specializations are a break from all of the other shouts in the game and i feel like it's kind of i mean part of it is kind of like you said it feels kind of shoehorned because it's like well why why do they have a cast time there shout it's like well i don't know something something balance it's like well then why is it a shout well, something, something thematic. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's that's sort of my gripe. That's not to say that having a cast time on these skills makes these skills bad, but it just makes them feel like not shouts when all the rest of the shouts don't have a cast time. Right. Did you have something else that you wanted to talk about on the shouts in particular? Or do we want to talk about... I, I kind of wanted to talk about how supportive some of these shouts are, and that ties also into the runes. Did you... I feel like you wanted to talk about that a little bit as well. Um, if I did, I lost my train of thought, so why don't you go ahead and I'll catch up. Oh, okay. Well, it was just that we were talking before the show about how it felt as though a lot of the stuff in The Tempest was kind of like things that Elementalist did and then in some ways better. Not in all ways, but it's got a lot of really strong support elements, both in its fields from the Warhorn and the... Uh, so, several of these shouts so like the the healing shout i mean if i'm reading this correctly it seems like it can heal your allies for 3500 which is a huge amount and theoretically you know it starts really close in and then spreads out but you know gosh how hard it must be to stack all of your allies into a tight area so that you can affect them um mm-hmm. Uh, these, I mean, you know, several of these have these auras, which, I mean, Fire Shield doesn't, um, I mean, it gives you might when you're struck, which is good. Uh, Magnetic Aura, a reflect, uh, four seconds of projectile reflection on your whole party is actually really awesome, especially for a class that didn't really provide projectile reflection before, um, at least Mm not to the group. And then Eye of the Storm, super speed for five seconds, and a stun break, AoE. I don't think there's... Oh no, there's, what, one? There's a one Guardian shout, save yourselves, is a party-wide stun break, and other than that, I don't think there is one, is there? Is save yourselves, even? I know it unstuns the Guardian, but I don't think it unstuns your friend. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not. I don't even, I don't even know anymore. Gosh, that makes me... That feels so out of touch. I don't know anything <laughs> anymore. Regardless, that still makes Eye of the Storm ridiculously unique and powerful. Um, yes. Also, the fact that there was a trait that makes it auto-trigger, so you get that twice in 45 seconds, potentially. Um, pretty crazy. Uh, Flash Freeze gives you Frost Aura, so 10% DR, which is like protection light, but it also stacks with protection, so also cool. And then the elite skill that gives a 25% CDR on people's next attack, which is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. So that's there's just a lot of support in these abilities, which is cool, I guess. I like seeing support be amped up. Um, ah, sorry, I just... I, this is what I like about um, elite specializations and the kind of... this is. It, it ties into my critiques about the Revenant because I can see these existing abilities in these new ones and I can mix them together and think of really cool things. I was just thinking about how cool it would be to have um, like a Tempest behind your frontliners in World v. World and as two Zergs are about to go in uh, you pop 
what, what's the one that gives them magnetic aura? Shock, shock and aftershock. And aftershock. Um, on your frontliners, they all run up, and everything that is <laughs> enemies are shooting at you is just bouncing off back at them, and it's like a mobile reflection wall almost. If you decide to uh, run in a line together, well, and also give them all super speed. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get into World v. World when Heart of Thorns comes out. Yeah, maybe that's where I'm going to be spending a lot of my time because even though I'm not a hardcore World v. Worlder, a lot of these changes are things that I'm not really caring about that much in PVE, but are I'm definitely seeing a lot of World v. World application for. Uh, mm-hmm. As as you said, also Eevee generally is of the opinion that the Tempest is a heavily PvP focused spec, which I think is fair given the amount of support and that kind of stuff that it gives, and that support is much more significant in PvP than in PVE. Yeah. I hope though, like this is my this is my truest hope, is that um, Heart of Thorns PVE will create an opportunity where I really want a Tempest. That's my that's what I'm holding close to my chest is that we will get a PVE in which um, I will value this kind of contribution to the group. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just, I'm, I don't know. I was just thinking about whether or not Runes of the Soldier would actually be worth it with Tempest with all these shouts. Um, it depends. Yeah, I think it depends too. You'd be giving up a lot of damage potential, which is not something you necessarily want to do. Although it does give you more survivability. And if, yeah, if you're traded into water, I can't imagine you ever having enough conditions to warrant needing another condition removal. Because holy crap, the Ellie, I think, uh, I'm not sure what the internal cooldown is, um, but every time they apply regeneration, they remove conditions. And they've got two new water fields on Warhorn and all kinds of stuff, and that's, holy crap. That's a lot of conditions to be turn taken off yeah that's true that's definitely true um yeah i don't know i could see it again uh back to world v world i could see it in world v world with just the sheer number of conditions coming in um you know maybe making a sort of i don't know maybe like an escort if that's you know instead of a bunker like you're you're not quite a bunker but you're like you're like the tag along you know battery or something oh that just makes me miss guild wars one necromancers uh (laughs) Sorry. Uh, incidentally, sorry, I was sitting AFK in Divinity's Reach. I forgot I had Guild Wars 2 open, and I was happened to be on my Ellie. Uh, the condition cleanse on regeneration has no internal cooldown, or at least it's not labeled. Uh, of course it doesn't. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I think this is a really strong elite specialization. I honestly actually haven't delved too deeply into the traits, because that was sort of part of the points of interest that I actually missed. And also not playing super heavily on my elementalist i don't quite see the automatic synergies like i do with some of the other professions that i play did you give them much attention spirit uh to synergies with other professions no no within the the traits and their synergies with other elementalist traits oh no i didn't really i don't know my ellie traits that well sorry yeah no that's fine i whatever i i can't uh I can't cast a stone when I don't also have any preparation <laughs> or attention, whatever. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's fine. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know how much there really is to talk about it. The Elementalist is a class that is quite good in all facets of the game, and this is an elite specialization that looks quite good. It does not look like a completely mandatory pick, which I appreciate, but it definitely looks like it's going to have a place. Um, It has a lot of strong support, which Elementalist already was one of the more support-capable professions, and this looks like it's just continuing that trend forward. It's got a lot of new tech. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I, I honestly don't have that much to say about the Tempest. Like, it's cool. Uh, n- neither of us are really Ellie players, so, you know, it- it's not something, it also isn't something that makes me, uh, afraid to fight against it. Like, there's some Chronomancer stuff that almost, like, gives me nightmares about dealing with it in general in, in, like, Worldly World, and they seem really, really, really strong, but mm-hmm. Tempest just seems really good, which I-, I think is a really good place for a specialization to be, to be honest. 
does it in any way make you more interested in playing in Ellie? Maybe. Um, I think that will largely depend on the so-called challenging group content and or any revamps of AI and or just in general Heart of Thorns PvE. I could see maybe playing a certain type of support elementalist instead of playing guardian since i know a lot of people that play guardian quite well and i i mean that wouldn't mean so much that i would put my guardian aside because i think i'm always gonna like my guardian plus she has two of my legendaries on her so but i can i could see if we already have a guardian or two maybe playing the elementalist instead and yeah maybe um how about yourself? Do you have any? That was a good question, though. Uh, it does a lot of cool... I, I think I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. It does a lot of cool things that I would be happy to see um, you know, in my party or on people around me, but it doesn't necessarily bring enough that I want... You know, I'm logging in and I'm going, looking at all my characters going, man, I want to play Ellie. <laughs> compared to, you know, anything else I could play. I think part of that is just due to my um, my play preferences. Um, I'm also, you know, Thief is my true love, but in all honesty, I'm pretty much um, dual-maining Thief and Guardian right now. Um, and I can't see myself moving away from Guardian to do this unless it provides something that my Guardian doesn't. Um, and I don't see that quite yet. So... I don't, I didn't, yeah, in short, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat with, you know, Guardian and Necro. Like, Necromancer is truly what I want to be my favorite, but I am also playing Guardian because they are good. So Yeah, well, it's less that I... Um, I mean, they're fun, too. I Don't get me wrong, I also really like the Guardian, but... Yeah, I was going to say, for combo. me, it's less that, that Thieves are in a bad place, is that um, Guardian is uh, more likely to round out a party... Um, just with the the groups of friends that I I run with and the classes that they tend to play, as well as um, I like thief and PVE, but I'm not cut out for the the PVP thief play style. And so if I world be world or PVP, it's usually going to be on a guardian because I just I my ego gets damaged when I die so much on my thief. I actually had a lot of fun uh, playing the backstab backstab thief in world v world. That's actually where I've played most time on my thief. Um, it's pretty fun picking people off and stuff oh yeah it's fun i'm just bad at like i'm just not that's not my pvp style and so i get picked off a lot because i do dumb things without stealth or with stealth (laughs) uh yeah that's uh that's fair yeah i think in terms of what we've seen so far i would say it's more interesting and probably better than dragon hunter uh it honestly, trying to keep this as necrosalt free as possible, looks better than the Reaper. <laughs> I think the Reaper was exciting to me from the perspective that I love great swords and uh, I really liked the idea of the chilling and the shouts, but a lot of these shouts seem to do the same types of things that Reaper shouts do, but better. Um, and chilling has been nerfed some lately, so I don't know that it's really going to be all that good. So this seems like it is kind of just better. Less exciting, maybe, but better, I guess. I'm excited for Reaper, but I feel like this is probably a little bit better. And then I think everybody agrees that Chronomancer is the best. Mm. Would you agree with that so far? Yes, but I'm not sure. Like, I think it's very tough to rank the specializations because they are all filling drastically different roles and how if you're just rating them on you know how many people are going to go oh yeah i want that and pick up a the elite specialization right away um then i think that listing is fairly accurate but i'm not sure if you can can compare um you know the highly defensive aspects of tempest with you know like the extreme utility of Chronomancer or the niche utility of Dragon Hunter. I think, well, I do think that if you have a Chronomancer and a Tempest in your party, you're going to have some 
possibility of some extreme uh some extreme support synergy between like a double time warp plus the rebound plus rebound yeah yeah uh rebound by the way if, if anyone doesn't know rebound um reduces the cooldown of your next ability um seems to include weapon skills um i don't know how i feel about that quite yet but um to so it's a aoe shout everyone in the party their next ability gets a 25 percent cooldown reduction um and it's also on a fairly short cooldown this uh, rebound itself is on 60 second cooldown um i know as soon as um heart of thorn comes out there's going to be a tempest in my group i'm going to be on my thief and i'm going to backstab right after they do rebound and blow the cooldown every single time <laughs> for a very long time yeah i wonder if that includes the skills that don't have a recharge like if it like if just an auto attack will ruin that or if it actually has to have a recharge for that to take effect i would imagine it will i hope not but I think it'll just be the next ability you use will consume that, and if you are not paying attention to your Tempest, then you are going to shoot yourself in the foot, or backstab yourself in the foot, as the case is. That's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about that, because, I mean, yeah, it's that's uh, that could be a problem. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the type of interaction that would be really frustrating, actually, because that would make that ability very not useful 90% of the time or probably more than 90% of the time because I mean you're not on voice comms with a lot of people most of the time and people auto attack a lot so if it if and it blows that too. buff yeah if it blows that buff on auto attacks that's gonna be that buff not happening on a lot of people yeah even if like, even if you are on voice comms and the your Elliot like you the example they gave on the stream uh, that I thought was interesting was a player goes down, warrior shouts, okay, I'm doing war banner, so the Ellie uh, or the Tempest pops rebound to get the lower cooldown on that war banner, which is great for that war banner, but then it kind of creates a situ situation where other people in the group might want to pop their big cooldowns in order to get the cooldown reduction, but it is not really a good time to do that. So they're either going to get the cooldown reduction on less useful abilities, or there's going to be this huge kind of burst that can't maybe necessarily make it to... I think that's just one of those things that we're going to have, to have to see how it shakes out, because in theory it sounds good, but I can also see a lot of problems with it. But uh, used skillfully and in the right situation, I think, can be incredibly strong. Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, again, all of that is somewhat prerequisite on whether it counts your auto attacks against it or not not entirely i mean what you were talking about still applies but you would at least be able to be auto attacking in that situation if you were going to wait for half a second or something for your big combo to go off mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know that's that is interesting um yeah i guess i guess we kind of skipped over the profession mechanic change which is the overloads uh, that's what they're called right overloads yep. yeah um case anybody didn't pay attention basically if you while you're a tempest you can get an you get an extra activation that you can do on a on an attunement while you are in it after you've been in it for a while isn't that right five you seconds. have to yeah you have to stay in your attunement for five seconds and then you can activate this ability on that attunement and it depending on which attunement you are in is a different overload and they all seem pretty good um did we ever find out if you could move during those? Like, if those are stationary channels or not? That is a really good question, because I don't... I'm fairly sure we saw that you could move, but now I'm, like, doubting myself. I did watch the points of interest, I swear. I just don't remember, because he was fighting stationary targets. I don't remember if he was moving while casting them or not. Yeah, I, I missed... I basically saw yes. all of the shouts and weapon skills, but I did not see traits or overcharges when I watched. So I, I actually didn't see that at all. I just remember several people online were just uh, asking that question basically before we saw the points of interest because that makes a big difference. Um, yeah, I don't know. As far as mechanic changes go, um, that's all well and good, I guess. It's interesting. It's 
nothing incredibly exciting, but they are very cool effects. They also look really pretty, aesthetically speaking. Ah, uh, uh, um, one thing I did want to talk about was the Overload Water, which has a big tell, right? So there's this, it forms a giant blue ring. Um, all of the water pours into this giant bubble, and then after two and a half seconds, something uh, the water pops and heals everyone. And it made me think of a couple weeks ago when we were talking about um, how Ventari was close, but not quite there. Um, and I think maybe having tells for the big heal would help, because it... Um, one of the reasons the moving water field is very cool is you can kind of aim it with the direction your allies are going. But my one of my biggest gripes, and the reason uh, a guardian is very good at healing where maybe an ally is not, is because the guardian is mobile and the guardian, the heals come out of the guardian itself. Whereas on an, on an ally, um, you spend these little cast times to throw down an AO or like an AOE, and it's usually in the path of whoever you're trying to heal and you're pulling your hair out on Mumble going, stop running out of my crap! Um, I can't confirm or deny that I've ever shouted that at my teammates. Um, but I think that is a good step towards making a good heal in this very mobile, kind of chaotic game to have a tell for your allies to know where they need to be in a couple seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that goes back also to the World v. World example of, like, having mobile fields as you go to assault doors is really cool. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know that I had really too much else to say about the Tempest. Did you? Um, Other than the other overloads have a high potential for point control. Mm -hmm. um, in Conquest and just in general. Um, disruption on a point is very strong. Sure. Um, it seems kind of... I don't know, like, five seconds is really short to be in an attunement to get them, but then maybe the abilities aren't all that strong. But it doesn't seem like that changes the... Like, if you're going to be camping, camping an ability, you're going to be camping it anyway. Oh, I... I was unclear on this because I assumed, uh, maybe, maybe I hope you know the answer. Um, I assumed when you used an overload skill, it immediately shunted you out of that attunement, but it doesn't, does it? I don't believe it does. No. Okay. I kind of wish it did because I feel like the that diminishes the. I'm having a real hard time with phrasing today. I guess in my head it worked like you stayed in it for a little while, it rewarded you for staying in it, and then you pop this huge ability, and that that twenty for 20 seconds you're locked out of fire, and that's the price you pay for this really, really strong ability, and then you're left dealing with the other stuff. So that encourages you um, not only to to visit other attunements, but it's a trade-off for a really strong ability. And if you're camping fire, pop your fire ability, and then that ability just goes on cooldown for 20 seconds, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. You know? Like, it just seems like when you stay in fire, you just open up another ability for a while, and then it goes on cooldown and that's... okay, cool. But I do see, I do see problems with it. If you just, um... For example, shunted them out of fire, you would have to decide which one they get pushed into or yeah, randomly, yeah. and that would be really That would be also a bad feeling, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they necessarily are aiming to discourage camping, like, because it means that you are not using 15 of your skills. Like, right. I mean, that's... That's the bottom line of it. Like you, <laughs> the you are losing out on versatility in order to camp an attunement, and I think maybe perhaps what is a little bit troublesome to you about that is that that is kind of a boring but effective playstyle, and so perhaps you just feel like that shouldn't be something that should be encouraged or rewarded. Um, Camping one attunement. Yeah. 
No, I actually... I, I think it's effective, but it's pretty boring. Yeah, like, I, no, I, I think ideally like in a in a world where everything is balanced and i you know there's infinite dev time and blah blah blah, blah, blah. i would like ellie to have both um access to things that make it very powerful if you are switching up a lot um but also to allow you to camp and i think we're at a fairly good spot with that right now i mean obviously camping fire is going to be a huge amount of damage and i don't know how other abilities like that stack up like i don't know how fresh air builds work i just don't know much about ellie um i think to me it's just this it was played up as like an exhaustion mechanic and it just ended up being you get an additional skill that has a cooldown and you know you expect every skill to have a cooldown so what's the what's the deal here like i don't know i just yeah yeah no i'm cool skills i I hear what you're saying you know it's cool i just uh, the discord in my brain again is not quite there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've pretty much exhausted uh, both the news and our knowledge level and interest level on Tempest, so yeah. uh, I'm ready to move on if you are. I think so. I don't know what we're moving on to, so I'm, like, terrified. Pretty much all that we have left is talking about, there was a quote about the, li- the not living story, the story story um, that... Uh, any Silvari could turn that includes you as a player character it was a very uh, vague quote, and I know yeah, some people. The interview. It was a five-minute interview at uh, I think San Diego Comic Con was what was in the background. Um, uh, the interview was with Leah Hoyer, and it was just a very. I I got the feeling from it that it wasn't necessarily planned. Like she was just there, and they were like, "Hey, you work on Guild Wars too? Just answer some questions for us, because we're here and being overbearing and shoving a mic in your face." Um, I don't know if that's actually true. That's just the sense I got from it. And there wasn't oh, like anything in there that we didn't really know, except this quote in particular. Yeah. Um. What do you think? To to me, that sounds like one of those types of quotes that. Um. I mean, okay. So if this were said in a blog post. I would basically just sort of give an eyebrow raise and give them one of those, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, sure. Obviously, it makes it sound like you are trying to hype up the fact that there is maybe one choice that affects one mission in your personal story, but you say it in a vague enough way that it makes people think of, like, these branching epic, like, what if I'm a bad guy? Um, But that's because I'm cynical. Uh to which I would say mostly the same here, except without the intent of doing, like, deceptive hype. I, you know what I mean? Like, I I just don't, I, I'm not treating it very seriously. I, I would say that yeah. if she is right, like, if she just said it off the cusp and was, like, incorrect or whatever, I don't care. I'm not going to be mad about, you know, quote-unquote lying or whatever. And if she is correct, I would assume that it's probably just, like, one to like one personal story quest or chapter or whatever you want to call it, and then, you know, then you get freed once. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think it's actually that big of a deal. Or, uh, or it could be something really neat, uh, like an adventure or a, well, probably not a PvP but excuse me not a pvp mode because we you know already know the stronghold is the new pvp mode but i could see Mm. like a small event that is kind of like the shatterer beta event um this is a long callback but where people could get corrupted and turn into you know uh crystallized versions of themselves for a like pvp area and of course that was done in the open world which i would not expect to happen in this game but like it could be a game mode-esque type thing like the mad king's uh not labyrinth but the lunatic court yeah right yes the lunatic court yeah where you like you know quote unquote join the lunatic court and hunt down the other people you know like that is what you did but (laughs) not not in a way that it is like actually huge character ramifications so i i don't know interesting it might be cool if they uh do like a revenant style thing where every once in a while more jamoth um might speak to your silvari and you get you know like a brief screen distortion not anything game breaking but just that sort of they're feeling it 
and you can see that visually or hear it depending on uh, I guess I'm a little bit confused. You said revenant style. Did you actually mean something else? Yeah. Oh, like the um, when a revenant 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 now with extra L's um, is channeling a certain legend, they can communicate with that legend. The legend will communicate back to them, and they can talk about um, whatever they want to talk about. There is a a blog post that I think that didn't get a lot of coverage about um, how the revenant works from a lore standpoint for role players, uh, and it talked about how some revenant legends are eager to be channeled jealous on one is very eager to be back on the battlefield and he's um quite cooperative with your character malix on the other hand um is extremely cranky and will apply conditions to you if you try to channel him because he does not see you as worthy of his power um so in that sort of style where the legends are speaking to you and they can actually have conversations i don't think we we saw that very much with the beta revenant i feel um either they were very low frequency which is not necessarily a bad thing considering you know we're all real sick of hearing our characters talk um and probably also a combination of that with the lines not necessarily all being recorded and finished yet in the game yeah um nevertheless it sounds like a thing where um revenants are going to be having, or from a lore standpoint, could be having full conversations with the legends that they're channeling. Hmm. And because Morjamoth is calling out to the Silvari, I can see kind of a similar thing happening with the um, Silvari might have additional options in events, or um, maybe interacting with objects, or just visually and audioly, audio auditorily, <laughs> auditorily. Um, when you hear Morjamoth speaking to you, and maybe like, like a like a brief like drunk effect on the screen where it's just kind of like pulsing red, and you're like, oh man, I feel the call. I see. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it's you know whatever. Yeah. That was a huge ramble, and I'm thoroughly rambled out now. Okay. Well, since we're talking about <laughs> rambling, why don't you ramble on over to Cascast? Okay. Uh, hello and welcome to Castcast the podcast within the podcast, but the cast for the podcast and stuff. Cast for the podcast this week on Castcast. Uh, that shaman put out a really cool tooltip builder, uh, which allows you to take basically you plug in a title of a skill trait, whatever, a description of a skill trait, whatever you want, and then you can apply. Um, he's got, I think, close to fifteen hundred icons from the game that you can put in it's all the conditions and stuff so you can build a very realistic skill or you can do what i did um which <laughs> was a few days ago i had made a crack on twitter about the shouts sounding rather cheesy and one of my friends uh tweeted me a whole bunch of shouts that he liked like everybody do the flop and <laughs> do the harlem shake so i turned those into skills okay well, um, yeah, oh, I've actually seen that. It's, it, it creates pretty slick stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's a really cool tool, and um, it's useful for if you want to, you know, theory craft or design your own specialization. Um, it's a good starting point or a good um, way to convey that kind of information about what you want a skill to do. Um, so, in that same sort of vein, Wooden Potatoes is doing monthly gem giveaways and as part of that he's asking for specific um design criteria and then for people to design a specialization around that and for this for this month it's pirates so any um any profession you want as long as it does something piratey um you know you pick a weapon you pick a skill type and you describe the mechanic what it does uh, and you can win gems for that. So I've included the links both to the tooltip builder um, and his master thread for pirates this month um, in the show notes. So Spirit, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, oh, what would your goodness. pirate specialization be? Oh goodness. Um, I did think a little bit about this, but I didn't get quite that far. Um, I, If I was going to design a pirate specialization, it would be... <laughs> Crap, I forgot. Profession? Have you forgotten that as well? The it depends. But um 
my original idea was Guardian, and I was going to build one based off the Corsair bosuns in Nightfall. Um, but I feel like the cheap and easy answer, since you're putting me on the spot, is the for engineer. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I haven't thought too much about it, but I thought about it while you were saying that, and a little bit when Evie was talking with us about this before the show. I would make it a ranger, and the profession mechanic change would be that it would uh, replace whatever pets you had with a monkey and a parrot for your pets and they would have different abilities. Maybe an F5 skill in addition to their normal animal skill, um, and they would be specific. And I didn't think much beyond that uh, for, like, what type of... I guess maybe... No? Yeah. I can't think of what type of utility skills I would give them that they don't already have access to. Um, Maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Because I was was going to say shouts and traps. Pirate utilities... I was like, shouts and traps, right? Wait, no. Oh, rangers already have both of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, banners, maybe. Like pirate flags. Like, oh, that'd be yeah. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. There's my uh, there's my 10-second pitch on what mine would be that's not a thief, because I feel like thief is pretty low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So. Okay, well... Uh, I think we're pretty done, and even though we didn't feel like we had anything to talk about, once again, we're clocking in at almost an hour. So, uh, unless you had anything else to say... Apologies for the rambling. Yeah, well, you know, I think people that are still listening to Relics of War are ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) You knew what you wanted, you knew what you got, you you got what you asked for, whatever, words! You Um, signed up for this. Exactly, you signed up for this. So, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week or soonish abouts. This has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. 